Hey, yes, Jesuits, if you love listening to the podcast as much as we love making it, we'd like to ask you to support the show however you can. We have launched a Buy Me a Coffee page where you can make a one-time contribution to keep the show running. And if you really, really, really love us, please consider becoming a monthly sponsor. Links to Buy Me a Coffee and becoming a monthly sponsor are in our show notes and on our website, yasjesuspod.com. If you can't donate right now, please, please consider leaving us a review on Apple and Spotify podcast, following us on social media, and sharing us with a friend. All of these things help us to bring you new episodes. So, to all the zaddies and mama bears and everyone out there who already subscribes and support us, thank you so much. We seriously could not do this without you. And now, without further ado, on to the show. Hey, kings and queens and in-between sinner saints, and I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another sexy episode of Yas Jesus! That's right, today here on Yas Jesus, our episode theme is God Loves Good Sex, and really... Who doesn't? Um, because here at Yes Jesus, we believe that God is watching you while you pleasure yourself. <laughs> Who writes this stuff? God's love is a sexy love. Eat, pray, love, but the love is sex. Sexual ethics are sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right. We do believe that. Well, you know, you know, I always thought about that in that Bette Midler song when she's like, God is watching us from a distance. I was like, all the time. <laughs> but I guess, I guess we'll find out on today's episode, so stay tuned. But right now, tune in In a White House press briefing, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg said he hopes to bring cruising back by the middle of summer. Um, Honey, I never laughed. Come again? I can't hear you. Uh, Yeah. It's okay. I'll figure it out later. Uh, What did you say? Yeah. uh, He wants to bring cruising back by the middle of summer. It's a real headline. They make it too easy. They make it too easy, the media. It's a real headline. In fact, it's multiple headlines. The real story is that the cruise ship industry can start to open back up after some severe restrictions. But there were headlines from some major outlets that got the attention of the gays. So, of course, the advocate, LGBTQ Nation, Peak News went there, but so did The Hill, a political reporting site, and even The Points Guy. So, you know, I don't know if this is really gay Christian news. No, but it's funny. So let's just go with it. Um, I just I love that. Like cruising's coming back, y'all. My first order of business is cruising's on. When when the the ships lock eyes with each other. (laughs) Ships passing in the night. All right, you guys, this brings us to the portion of our show where we do our praise report and our prayer request. This is where um, if you have something special you want to ask God for, something you want to pay more attention, we'll add it to our prayers. And if you have something you want to thank God for, we'll we'll help you do the thanking. Uh, So let's get right in. Uh, We have a prayer request. This comes from Tina Azzi. Uh, Tina says, uh, please pray for our college and university students who are just as antsy as us bigger kids who are spreading COVID because they're letting their guard down. Mm. Oh man. So they're having a little bit of a, you know, uh, prayer just for all the college and university students. who just, are not wearing masks and washing their hands and staying six feet away. We're still working on it. You guys, we still have something out there. So let's just say a prayer for all of our students out there mm. who are, um, you know, getting frustrated, not being able to go to frat parties and not being able to 
do a lot of the socializing and things. I, you know, I've done some uh, touring and it's been just like me in an empty, um, in an empty theater. And then they stream everything. Like it's so different than I guess that university experience that they were expecting, mm -hmm. but you guys just, just bunker down, get, make sure you uh, get through this part. And I promise life will still be fun after college. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yes, it will. Uh, but our prayers are going out to them. As we got a praise report, something to be thankful for. Yeah. So we've been talking about gospel singer Lisey Brown and reporting to you how she's doing after she experienced a brain aneurysm. Well, we have a praise report here because um, she is off the ventilator. Her oh, family reports saying, thank you, Jesus. Lisey is off the ventilator. It has been removed from her room. They also inserted a smaller track, so they are screaming hallelujah. So that hallelujah. is a great praise report. <laughs> I love that. I love when we pray for something and then it happens. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's always the best feeling. Um, we love answered prayer. Prayer has power. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, also, a little bit of power coming to you in our scripture of the day. Azzy, we're going to take a little break. When we get back, we'll be right back with our favorite part, the scripture of the day. So stay tuned. Welcome back, Azzy. It's that time for the Scripture of the Day. Scripture of the Day. Oh, oh, oh. Scripture of the Day. Oh, oh. It's soul food. And it's 1 Corinthians. Azzy, what does it tell everybody? 1 Corinthians 6.19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? Hmm. See, now we've said here on several times on Yash Jesus that we are a sex positive, non slut shame, sl slut shaming show. <laughs> we don't shame slut share. Sure. Understand? If you feel slutty, show up. <laughs> <laughs> we are a non slut shaming show. But you know, sex has a lot of personal preferences. Sometimes that just makes someone quiver with pleasure. Ooh. And other people can hurl from disgust. We don't yuck other people's yum here. Yeah, and one of the issues with accepting LGBTQ people in the church has been a focus on sex and lots of shame around sex. Always! Why? For the longest time, and it's getting a little better, but for the longest time, when people thought about LGBTQ people, they thought about sex. That's always the problem. They're always asking, uh, yeah, who's the top? Who's the bottom? How often are you doing it? Mm -hmm. What positions do you do it in? What sort of lube do you use? It's like exhausting. <laughs> I mean, it still is. But honestly, like, but one of the, you know, when we did looking, so, uh, a straight person, one of you straights that might be listening, one of you straight <laughs> allies even, went up to Jonathan Groff and was like, I didn't even know that gay people could have sex facing each other because there was like a scene <laughs> where they were facing each other i always thought you guys had to do it like doggy style <laughs> like we can all do it also do it side by side <laughs> we have lots of moves <laughs> lots of different waves lots uh, of lubes and moves one, stick around i one time i had guys uh, come to uh, my house and they wanted to sell me a, an alarm system for the home and uh and oh, that old gag when they found out that i was i've seen that movie <laughs> right oh god <laughs> when they found out that i was in a relationship and a gay relationship at that they uh they go so who's the man who's the wife and i just looked at them i said we're both men 
that's the answer. But I'm the wife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why straight people are so concerned with our buttholes. Yeah, and straight people, they aren't they weren't talking about their sex lives in church at all. Um, but no. no. But maybe they were having plain Jane missionary style, and maybe there were a few freaks in the bedroom and the dining room and the entryway <laughs> and the garage, but no one ever talked about it at church. Oh, there's freaks at church. I promise you. <laughs> I promise you. You don't wear a hat that creative you, and you don't just, sit down. Just Google the Toronto Blessing Revival and you will see some like S&M style stuff happening in church. But it's under like, I'm what? drunk in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. The stuff just you Google. YouTube it. YouTube it. Stuff you, you YouTube it. <laughs> I don't YouTube it. I don't want to yuck anybody's yum, but I think I'm good on that one. Listen, I, you know. When I told my dad that I was gay, he said, you know, I don't really care, Danny. Just listen, just don't tell me about anything, any of the sex stuff. I was like, I don't want to know about your sex stuff either. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I guess you're right. Like, like <laughs> I, how did the church get so hung up on sex? Did this come from the Bible? No, there is sex all over the Bible. But sex in Bible times was different. So sex in the Old Testament was for procreation. That's how, that was the social norm around sex. Right. People wanted babies and sex got them there. God commanded Adam and Eve to procreate and fill the earth. And guess how you had to do that? Sex. That's right. And when Noah got off the ark after the flood, same thing. Fill the earth. More sex. Mm -hmm. Sex was also a power thing. There was an active partner and a passive partner. I learned that when I went to Barcelona. Activo <laughs> and pasivo, baby. Spanish 101. Listen to me, young gays. If you ever travel to Barcelona, all you need to know is activo and pasivo. So when cruising uh, opens I, up again this summer, <laughs> just right. remember those two thank words. You, thank you. Thank you for your <laughs> Heterosexuality was structured around an active male and a passive female society has this hierarchy built into it mm -hmm. even same-sex relationships in the roman and greek biblical world and there were same-sex relationships at that time too were structured on active and passive partners the activo active <laughs> the activo partner was always a higher social rank than the passive partner no bottom shaming Right. There were a lot of stories of lust and sex in the Bible, but they aren't really all that sex positive. Some was utilitarian or based on a power dynamic. It accomplished a purpose, but it was really hard to know if people were enjoying the sex or if it was just a chore. Right. We talked about this in the telling of the story of Tamar where her mm -hmm. own father-in-law assumed she was a prostitute, mm -hmm. had sex with her, but she took his ID, his signet, she that signet the, ring, mm -hmm. so she could prove what a creep that he was. Always get your payment first. That's right. That's what we learned in that episode. <laughs> the closest we get to sex for pleasure is the concubines of the Old Testament. But concubines were also part of that power imbalance. That term might even be translated into sex slaves since that is what they were. They were, uh, they were owned just, women, Danny. Just owned. In a sexual relationship with the man. Her purpose was to provide a male heir in the case of a barren wife. 
to provide more children in general to enhance the family's workforce and wealth and to satisfy the man's sexual desires. Okay, so going back even to that, that makes me think about, that just reinforces the fact of, um, you know, because they were like the OG side piece, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. so it's kind of like, yeah. you know, the, the like in the Italians, they say the gumada, right? Like mm, okay. Tony Soprano had a wife and a gumada because he had the Madonna whore complex, mm. which de- brings us again to Mary the Virgin and Mary Magdalene. It's kind mm. of like setting up this structure that there is a woman that you treat like a god and there's a woman that you treat like a whore. And that is literally like a huge part of like toxic masculine, like heteronormative culture throughout history. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, con- concubines seem to be common at the beginning of the Old Testament and later only among royalty, like King David, King Solomon, mm-hmm. and less among the common folk because yeah. they couldn't afford them. Hmm. And there's also a story about Abraham and his concubine. Abraham's wife, Sarah, was old and couldn't have children, but God promised that Abraham was going to be the father of multitudes. But if Sarah couldn't bear a child, then what to do? Enter the concubine, Hagar. (laughs) See, we should point out that this was Sarah's idea. She told Abraham, you see that the Lord has presented me from bearing children. Go into my slave girl, and it may be that I shall attain children by her. Mm. And Abraham did the deed with her, and she did bear a child, a son named Ishmael. But Sarah didn't like that this concubine and her child were getting all the love and attention. This is like Handmaid's Tale. (laughs) Very much so. So there was something of a catfight between them. Sarah even chased Hagar away for a while. No, but this is important. God didn't punish Abraham or Hagar or Hagar's son. In fact, after Hagar was chased away, an angel found them and told them that they had God's blessing. It's in Genesis 16.10. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will so greatly multiply your offspring that they cannot be counted for multitude. And then Sarah conceived and bore her own child. Dun, now, dun, this dun. is a really good. Yeah, this is a great example here in the Bible. This is not your normal family structure. Mm-mm. It all had to do with sex and with pregnancy. And God blessed all of them, even when they were wrapped up in some soap opera type telenovela passivo activo <laughs> type of drama. <laughs> Concubines were never condemned in the Old Testament. In fact, King Solomon had them and they were considered part of his blessing. Speaking of King Solomon, we have this book. Song of Solomon. <laughs> right. That is dripping. With I love that episode. <laughs> I love doing that episode. We recorded a whole other episode of Song, so- Song of Solomon with Grace Semler Baldridge. So you're going to want to take a listen to that. Yeah, that's the one to listen to. Yeah. Mm. Just so you know, Song of Solomon is all about sex and lovers. Mm. I have taken in a lover. It lo- it loves to compare body parts to the strangest things in, in yeah. the song as well. Like, your neck is a tower. Your breasts are like gazelles. Your teeth are a herd of sheep. I mean, whatever gets your motor running. Whatever tickles your pickle, I guess. Well, in the first years of the early church, like within the first hundred years of Jesus' death and resurrection, the mood about sex and even family changes. People weren't concerned a lot about getting married and building families. They expected that Jesus was going to return at any moment to bring about the apocalypse. So why spend time getting married? 
just get ready for the world to end. I mean, that's my mood still today. <laughs> <laughs> and you know who you know who is the least sex positive? Who? Our girl Paul. Ugh. Paul Schmall. Paul, who wrote a lot of the letters in the New Testament, I know a lot of people love her, suggests that the best thing for Christians is to stay single, like he is, because no one liked her. But it's better to be married than to be aflame with passion. That's what Paul writes. In 1 Corinthians 7, this is going to be a little out of order, but verse 1 through 2. Now concerning the matters about which you wrote, it is well for a man not to touch a woman. But because of cases of sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. Verse 8 through 9. To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is well for them to remain unmarried as I am. But if they are not practicing self-control, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to be aflame with passion. Paul was such a product of his time. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he doesn't seem interested in sex or earthly pleasure at all. Paul mm-hmm. only gives us as a suggestion, not as a command. Again, the stress is that Jesus is coming back right away. So save yourselves and be holy. But if you can't hold your libido that long, then get married. <laughs> Verses six to seven. I say by way of concession, not of command. I wish that all were as I myself am, but each has a particular gift from God, one having one kind and another a different kind. Mm. He's a little snotty, if you ask me. (laughs) I wish you could all be as holy as me, but I guess that sort of commitment to Christ is impossible for, you know... The I mean, average person. <laughs> Paul is sort of a snotty bitch. Like we need to, we need to spend some more time figuring out about what's going on with him. Maybe that's a future episode. <laughs> when you get into his psyche, but then when the church really gets going after the Bible ends, we somehow turned into prudes. Yeah, like what happened? Like we have all these stories about sex, concubines, singleness, prostitutes, and then. <laughs> the church makes a turn and just gets very anti-sex, like even for married couples. Mm. I was going to say their position is named missionary. <laughs> What's more boring than that? Right. And have you ever heard like the message, sex is a dirty, disgusting act, save it for someone you love? We need to talk about sexual ethics as a church. Like no more of this. Okay, the only good sex is for procreation within a heterosexual marriage because there is a lot of bad sex in heterosexual marriages. Like, so there's other uses for it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I haven't witnessed that, but yes, that's this is is what I hear. (laughs) You've never been a third with a married couple? (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Maybe we would have better sex. The call boards are open. Can I, to, to reach our wait. goal for this month, you're at yes, Jesus. <laughs> no, oh, wait, before, we auction, before we auction you off, I want to know what you were going to say. You were saying something about sexual ethics. Yeah, but maybe we would have a better sexual ethic, ethic if we didn't focus so much on the makeup of the partners, but looked at the outcome of sex. But I love your makeup. No. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> In the Old Testament, sex was procreation, a way to keep the family alive. What if, instead of slut-shaming and telling people that there is good sex and bad sex, we looked at how the sex helps or hurts someone? 
there there is a passage in Galatians uh, five twenty two to twenty three that says, "By contrast, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control." Mm-hmm. There is no law against such things. Yeah. Ooh. So what if we judged sex, you know, any sort of sex by those standards? You know, like even even the things that that the church has so often frowned upon, such as kinky sex, even, you know, mm-hmm. if we judged it by the fruits of the spirit, is it producing love, joy, peace, long suffering, long suffering? Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it could, you know, if we judge it by that standard, where would that take us? You know, and that's interesting to think about. It's a nice wondering moment. It's like, if we based it all off of what it says about love in Galatians, then it would be like love. First of all, love and sex is great. Mm -hmm. Like we, we agree that that feels awesome. Mm -hmm. There could be joy. I mean, you could not love someone and have joy, a joyful sex. Like it could just be fun. Like, and then there's peace. Like I always say that that's a big part of like that whole eat, pray, love thing we mentioned earlier. And we've mentioned in other episodes, it's kind of like the love part is sex. Like the, the peace that you get, the, the, the stress relief that you get from that kind of thing. Or even, or even sometimes the peace that it takes to enter into, um, your, the mode of being sexual. Cause, cause you can't sell peace with your body, peace with the environment, peace with, Yeah, there is a lot of that in there. And patience, because, you know, um, sometimes you need patience. Uh-huh. <laughs> it takes, you know, you can learn about kindness through sex with with your partner, partners. Um, how, how to, it's, it's, it's an exchange, you know, that synergy of, in, in, in an exchange of kindness, you know, learning about what they like and, you know. Giving That's where generosity would come in, yeah, being very giving, yeah. a giving lover. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. faithfulness is a great example. Like for those that value like that sort of a thing, the commitment, the agreement that you have between one another, mm-hmm. like what that feels like to honor that and to have someone honor that is great. A gentleness mm-hmm. uh, during sex, yeah. something that you know, and self control would be the last one. Like. Self-control is a great one because how far you go. And that also lets someone else practice patience. And, you know, it's like it's all the yin and the yang of like working with somebody else. You know, when I uh, have done stuff in the garden, I always think that working in the earth reminds me so much of God. And all of these same things like love, joy, peace, like you could learn patience from seeds. Mm -hmm. You could learn generosity from neighbors giving the fruit that they're bearing from their gardens. You know, uh, the gentleness of caring for some difficult plants, uh, the self-control of not picking the plant too early. Like there's so many things that I think intertwine between the universe and earth and sex and love and God and peace. And all of these qualities just seem to have that synergy of, of God and the earth and love and sex. I mean, imagine how our conversations about sex and sexual practices would change if we looked at life through this lens. Like, what does that mean? Consent, creativity, pleasure, giving, caring. I think we just created a sexual ethic. 
<gasps> a queer Christian sexual ethic. You can just call us <laughs> Professor Francesi and Pro- Professor Southward. Yeah, I feel like I should have an accent, like when Donald Duck and like when he would become a professor for a minute and just like, I don't know. Look, listen, you guys, thank you for listening to us here today. Uh, talk about our queer sexual ethics. Um, for our tithe, love offering, charity, act of good. What is it, Azzy? What are we asking the kind people to do this week? If you are a member of your church, ask your pastor to start a conversation about sex and sexual ethics. Ask them if they can look at sex through the lens of Galatians. Ooh, that would be interesting to you know try to start that conversation this way. I think that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's uh, close out with a prayer, Azzy. Okay. Uh, God, we'd like to pray for some good sex, like really good sex, like healthy sex mm-hmm. that just re- the kind that produces love and joy and peace and all the fruits of the spirit. Help us to be sexual beings that are kind and generous. And yes, when cruising can begin, let's get cruising <laughs> with Mayor Secretary Pete. <laughs> um, God, we, we just want to uh, uh, lift up the people from our prayer also yeah. uh, from earlier. Yeah, we are praying for college students who are getting antsy. The end of COVID is so close. Help them and all of us to hold on just a little longer. and Give them strength, God. Yeah, and the wisdom and the resources that we need to know where to get vaccinated. And we pray for, we continue to pray for Lacey Brown and uh, her recovery from this brain aneurysm. And we lift her family up. Uh, and that you give them the comfort and and uh, we give you praise that she is off of the ventilator and you are yes to quote the family hallelujah Hallelujah. thank you so much amen thank you so much for joining us and for listening to another episode of yes jesus you can find us on social media at yes jesus pod or on our website at yasjesuspod.com hey did you know you can now leave an audio prayer request or praise report on our website yesjesuspod.com we would love to share your voice and your prayers on the show so drop us a line or send us a recording on yasjesuspod.com send us your praise reports your prayer requests episode ideas guest ideas or even just tell us some tea about your life giving sex we'd love to hear from you (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yes jesus is hosted by me danny franzese and azariah southworth Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Heckman. Our show is produced by the freaking Deacon Ross Murray. Special thanks to Sophie Serrano and Meredith Polly. Gosh, Jesus is brought to you by Oddity. Oddity execs are Ryan Lochner, Jessica Bustillos, and Steve Michaels. Come next week, anywhere good podcasts are streaming and screaming. Just remember, God loves you just as you are. Keep praising the Lord, y'all. Mm, yeah. Keep praising.